0: The opinions expressed on the ACB media network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the
1: views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, ACB community. You are now present at the monthly call Home, Garden, and Agriculture. We come to you on the second Saturday of each month to talk about topics related to uh, those three areas, and this month we have a, a great call lined up for you and hope that you'll have some questions and contributions as well. Uh, my name is Marge. Uh, Deborah, are you here?
0: I am here, Marge. Tell me how things are going in Georgia.
1: Well, we had a freeze over Christmas. We were affected by the, the great winter freeze that affected most of the country. We had our version of it, five nights of temperatures in the mid to lower 20s, one night at 19 degrees. That is pretty radical for us good thing we had time to prepare it took hours uh, over a couple three days to try to protect and cover and move everything uh, that we could uh, protect young citrus trees try to save my vegetables and we're still assessing the the damage after that Um, it's hard to know always uh, right away how much your plants have suffered A lot of the citrus trees will lose their leaves and um, may be uh, producing less fruit for us this spring. We'll we'll see what happens given this was in December, but uh, they don't look so good right now. Uh, The ones that were covered look a bit better or the ones um, protected in our shed look better. We lost the lettuce bed though. um, And I ran out of uh, the, the row covers for the vegetables. So there were a couple of losses, but it's amazing even after those um, very cold nights, uh, collards, the uh, beets, uh, some of the cabbage, mustard greens, um, very little kale plants, they're all coming back. Uh, they didn't seem to mind um, the threats at all from the weather. So we've come through that. and. My hope always when we do go through a severe cold spell like this, which is infrequent in Savannah, Georgia, is that that's the end of our winter. And uh, it's all going to be nice and mild uh, from now on. So we'll see uh, what the rest of January and February brings to us. But, you know, I might be right. Sometimes I am after these, these big cold times, then we get a reprieve. So Deborah, I'm quite a blast. I'm sure was your situation blast. was was a bit different um, up there in in your part of the U S. Did you have the Christmas cold uh, snap that the oh, rest yes. of us had? Um, it could have been worse, but I,
0: I think 19 would have been our warm days during ah. this. Uh, it it got down to the single digits. It did. It got quite cold, but. Remarkably to me, my pansies are still blooming today. Mm. I don't know how they got through that. Uh, I did not cover them. I did wow. nothing special with them. I decided that I, I keep talking about my pansies. I've, I've, I know I do it every month for the past three months, but it's uh, they are the most resilient flowers they are just amazing to me and I have uh, if they are in a green stock that's just kind of next to my garage I also have some greens that made it through that with just a rope c- cover on them and uh, they had a layer of snow on them too <laughs> mm, some mm-hmm. of that they had a layer of snow and ice on there which probably gave them extra protection yes but the tats Soy, especially, is just remarkable. It, it, I was looking at it today, and I'll probably be harvesting it by the end of the month. It is looking really good. My, um, I have some spinach that was completely knocked back, but it's coming back. Uh, it, it's looking just wonderful to me.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting so, but you yeah. Can't I'm tell. Excited. You can't tell right away what cold damage has done or or hasn't done. I wasn't able to cover peas, but it looks like um, they're on a fence and it looks like they're coming back. Now it may be maybe may they won't produce as much as they were starting to, but but we'll see. It's really interesting to see the resiliency. Um, of some of the yes. things that grow, and pansies are grown a lot down here, and I think that must be why because they can withstand quite a bit of cold.
0: Yeah, they would be a great winter flower down there. So, and and these are fragrant, but at mm. uh, this time of the year, I I don't catch fragrance on them, sure. but they are definitely blooming. So, yeah, that it's that's. Um, some exciting stuff oh and I will say that I I set up two arrow gardens in my house this year and I did that about a month ago one is herbs and the other one is a selection of greens and I harvested my first salad this week and and uh-huh. it's been less than a month that I when I set it up so I'm real happy with that it it, it feels good to pick your own food and eat it Maybe we'll have
1: to to have, yeah, we'll have to have a discussion on the arrow gardens. I'm I'm sure many people would be interested in
0: that. They're pretty nice. So, uh, all right. Well, I am excited to talk about fragrant gardening. This is one of my very favorite topics. Uh, I grow a number of different fragrant plants and I'm always looking for new things to grow uh, both indoors and outdoors. And uh, one of the arrow garden right now has these herbs that are just amazing. I have a genovese basil. That's just, Oh, just kind of brush it a little bit. And that fragrance just is so nice. Um, but not all of my indoor gardening has been successful. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that I don't have uh, disasters. And uh, one, one uh, kind of a experiment that didn't go so well is I had a hanging pot of mixed herbs in my kitchen. And I, I, it was a new pot I purchased. And All of a sudden, I noticed that some of the herbs were dying, especially the rosemary and the thyme. They were like, we're not happy here. And I finally did what I should have been doing all along. I stuck my finger down in that soil, and it was a soggy mess. Uh And as it turned out, the pot was not draining very well. So I lost... um, Some of my herbs out of that pot. I I did um, have somebody did drill a bunch more holes in the bottom of it for me, and I got some more herbs. And uh, I compounded my disaster. I accidentally poured boiling water on top of a couple of the new herbs I had just bought at Trader Joe's to put in
1: there. Oh dear. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, I want to ask but, you how that happened.
0: <laughs> well, I put the I put a couple of the herbs in the sink, getting ready. you know, I was thinking well it, it, they would be safe from the cat there and uh, I uh wasn't baking
1: uh-huh. and I'm
0: I sure. I like to pour boiling water down my sink once in a while and I started pour, pouring it and I zapped my herbs <laughs> were in the sink. But, you know, these things, they happen. So I am definitely not a perfect gardener. And one more thing real quick before I forget it. So I can get credit for for today. I am a continuing master gardener through the University of Idaho. And um, it's through the extension system there. And just Need to give that blurb so I can take some credit for some volunteer time doing mm-hmm.
1: this. Oh, for sure, you should. So
0: even master gardeners mess up. There we go. So
1: that's how don't we Don't get
0: discouraged. Just keep doing it. Just, just replant. Just keep trying. So, Marge, um, you grow a lot of citrus and talk about fragrant plants. Uh, do you have any favorites?
1: Well, certainly during the time that they bloom, um, you can smell them everywhere. But that time is is fairly brief, uh, very enjoyable, but but it is brief. And what I will say also about uh, citrus is that if it is confined in an area such as a a greenhouse or um, in a, in a box when it's being shipped to you or in, in an area that is more confined, even the leaves can be very aromatic and you really know that you are around a citrus plant. And I noticed that at times with, with some of the trees, more the limes, um, not so much the big mature trees, but more with the younger ones. And, um, Of citrus fruit that is incredibly aromatic and and some people might think that's about all it's good for is the citron. Uh, uh, The plant smells incredible, the the tree itself, and I'm referring in particular to Buddha's Hand Citron, which is named that because it is a fruit that grows um, with shapes like fingers, it's very, very unique. And if you'd ever seen one, you would never forget it, uh, because it's it's um, only available, um, you know, in gourmet sorts of stores and like that. And, it's, and citron is what is candied and is put in fruit cake. Um, and um, they um, they're very. Fleshy, meaty plant rather than having juice, and so the fruit, um, or the fruit rather, is just very meaty instead of having juice. And so when you pick one, sometimes it's hard to know what am I going to do with this. And um, you smell it though, and you know what you're going to do is just sit there and smell it as much as you want. Keep it in your house as long as you want. Um, it's very floral, very strongly aromatic, and. Um, so that, you, is this a,
0: can you grow this in a container like yes you almost to have
1: to it's very cold sensitive and and needs protecting um you know in the i i get a little lazy but even in the mid-30s it's best to uh protect it and uh so yes they are grown in in containers and um and that's really for, for most of us the way we would need to do it and even in a container if you've got a you know one that's happy it can produce half a dozen or so citrons and you will see them grow and as they mature the fingers unfurl and, and spread out kind of and and it, it goes yellow and uh, it, it's you know it's it's as big as a human hand or bigger um, ah, and, and, and you said amazing you
0: the- the leaves, you said the leaves are also fragrant?
1: Yes. I mean, the whole tree re- really is. Um, mm-hmm. And when they flower, I always know when my citron is in flower because it's it's got its own particular aroma. Um, so yeah, citron is kind of, I think, the, the, the highlight among citrus. I know most people would not um, want to take on growing such a thing. It's just People like me who are citrus addicts will tend to take on uh, projects like, like that. It could be a quirky tree. I'm on my second one. The first one died. You know, it, things, <laughs> things happen to citrons. But but boy, when they're doing well, um, they're amazing.
0: Well, I, I did want to... Th- that is something I was just reading about, the citron uh, or the Buddha's hand fruit. Uh-huh. And uh, it was in a book that's available on NLS. It was a a fragrant plant that the author recommended. Uh, So I I prepared for today by reading a few books off of NLS Mm. that I would really recommend. And this particular book, I think, was the best of the three. It's called The Sensual Garden. And uh, I think it's well-written. And uh, it it gives a really good introduction and overview of fragrance and growing for fragrance. Uh, The other two were the Aromatherapy Garden. That one was pretty good. And um, Container and Fragrant Gardening. Um, I thought that the Sensual Garden was probably the best because um, the author distinguish between uh, varieties because you can have the same plant uh, with the same name. For example, you can have uh, something called, uh, this author of The Sensual Garden brought up the the idea of, um, oh, it's running away from my head. Well, you can you can have the same kind of flower, like roses, for example. You can have a, a a rose that has absolutely no fragrance at all, and you can have other roses that have amazing fragrance and a huge variety of fragrance. So, the author of the Sensual Garden, I think he did a really good job of distinguishing between uh, varieties and. Providing the botanical name so that you could uh, actually track down the what he's talking about. Um, uh, we, yeah. Excuse me, we do have a hand raised. Okay. All right. We have a hand raised. So sure. um, you want to go to some calls, Marge? Sure. Okay. Let's take, let's, who do we have? Okay. Musi, go ahead.
1: Musi, go ahead. Well, I'm thrilled to hear about this citron plant, uh, but it seems like I'm looking it up and you can't go to Walmart
2: garden and buy it. You have to. No, I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, and I'm interested in the jasmine. Is there an indoor jasmine plant?
0: Um, I have, so, Marge is the expert on the citrus, and I think you have a. Some good places to recommend for ordering citrus
1: is right. And, and I can I can, I I can, can do that. I can do that too. But um, check on uh, Four Winds Growers because um, they sell dwarf citrus trees, which should be really good for containers. And okay, Four Winds. It's in California. So, Deborah, what's a, what's an indoor jasmine? what other so indoor varieties grown,
0: yeah i i actually um i grew jasmine inside my house
1: mm-hmm. for a
0: while and i actually got it from home depot okay. and it was a beautiful big pot the problem was it was very messy it was very very messy <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh and it 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 likes to climb so um it I found it to be a little uh, a little challenging to grow inside, but i it just depends on how fussy you are willing to be with your plants
1: mm-hmm. it
0: It dropped a lot of leaves, right and, but it the fragrance of the flowers was remarkable, especially mm-hmm. in a house, right. but there are many parts many parts of the country where you can grow jasmine outdoors. Mm-hmm. It, it depends on what
1: zone you are in. Mm-hmm. Do you grow
0: jasmine outdoors in Georgia?
1: Oh, everybody does. I mm-hmm. we, we tried at one point near the garden, but it was too invasive and uh, it, it had to go. But um, m- many people do, absolutely, and Confederate jasmine especially. Okay, thank you. Yeah,
0: thank you for calling. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that came up in the readings that I thought was really interesting is you know, what we're smelling when we smell different parts of plants is um, they're, they're volatile organic chemicals. These are made up of different combinations of molecules that um, make up essential oils that can be in the flowers or the leaves or the roots at different parts of the plant, depending on the plant. But when you're smelling those volatile organic chemicals, um, they are being processed in the part of the brain that that uh, controls emotion, you know, your limbic system. So just think about how you feel when you smell something that you like, or maybe something that you don't like. Not all fra- not all plant fragrances are good, and Not all people interpret the same plant fragrance the same way, but just, you know, it it can evoke memories. It can evoke, uh, the fragrance can evoke emotions. Uh, It's really a very complex topic and, and quite fascinating. So if anyone wants to talk about, you know, what you enjoy or don't enjoy, uh, when it comes to fragrant plants, uh, let us know. Mm-hmm.
1: Curious to hear. Do you and have any? We have a hand that... raise. Oh, okay. Area code two zero seven zero five. This
2: is yeah. This is Carol. Hi, I'm I'm very hi, interested. In I really hi there. Wanted to get. I want really want to do a citrus um, of some kind and. How would they do? And I've got tons of plants. How would they do under a grow light? Because I've had su- tremendous success with like African violets under the grow lights, and and yeah. several other things. And I wondered very how they well. would do.
1: Yeah, very well. Okay. As long as you have the space, you know, because it is an mm-hmm. actual tree. So right, you know, as if if you have the the space, it would be an incredible thing to, to do, uh, especially a dwarf version. Yeah.
2: Okay. Oh, super. Okay. Great. Thank you.
1: Yeah.
0: Marge inspired me to get a lemon tree from four winds and it is doing really well. It looked sad, really sad at first. But now it, it's spent the winter, uh, summer outside, it's wintering in my house. And, um, March, your love for citrus is contagious.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and possibly if your space, you don't want your space too warm for that tree, of course, but, uh, you, you may well be able to, to smell it in your, in your house if it gets hit by the sun or, Uh, by heat in in some way a a lemon will certainly be be fragrant even when it's not blooming
0: yeah mine is um i i do have i have a meyers lemon and i do have to kind of rub the leaf a little bit to be able to smell it but That might be because I've become so accustomed to it. And and that is something that that can happen when you're around a fragrance all the Mm -hmm. time. You kind of block out that ability to smell it after a while. Um, Which leads me to another thought that came up in the readings and how to smell fragrant plants. Um, I thought, so it, it does matter when Um, you know different plants flower at different times of the day uh, often depending on what kind of pollinator it's attracting for example I have a lovely phlox david it is just gorgeous it has huge clusters of honey they smell like honey to me Um, Mm -hmm. honey scented flowers that bloom at night and because it it at, well, that put out the fragrance at night because it's attracting moths. And um, it, it, it's really a very nice fragrance to smell in midsummer. Um, and there are, you know, other flowers that bloom at different times and, and have different fragrance depending on the time of the day, the soil conditions, um, the sun shining on them or not. Um, there are many, many different factors that can affect whether or not a plant is fragrant or when it is fragrant. So, um, But it, the, the readings were also talking about how to best use the sniffer to smell a fragrance. And the recommendation was to um, try to catch the plant um, at its peak fragrance Time, whenever that is, and smell quickly. Take many quick sniffs and to kind of break it up by kind of stopping and sniffing your own skin on your elbow, in your elbow area, because you're used to smelling your skin and that can be kind of like a palate cleanser. Mm. And then you can go back to the sniffing again. I thought that was interesting and i i tried it and it worked it was it was really interesting to uh read that i i've never really put a lot of thought into sniffing plants
1: no i've just been like well either i can smell this herb today or not so much you know or Mm -hmm today I was, I have a few things in a tiny greenhouse, one tree and, and some herb plants and the herb plants love it in there. And it's sometimes been open, but um, it's sunny today. And so when I was watering, um, I could smell the lavender and the marjoram and the sage. And and it was just this, oh, I can smell them today. This is really nice. But I've never you know thought about all the the different um, conditions that can uh, prompt a lot of, of fragrance, or, or really even how to uh, how to approach um, smelling um, plants. But I think it's interesting yeah. how when you grow a number of mm-hmm. things, and I bet this is true for you, Deborah, that you kind of know even plants that aren't said to have a lot of fragrance. You know what you're smelling, like probably most people who grow tomatoes know that you can smell the tomato plant. There's Mm -hmm. no question what you're smelling, you know? And Mm -hmm. when you get a little experience growing different things, even if it's not something said to be aromatic, I mean, I can smell my um, ginger plants and what I want is the root and that's growing underneath. That's not what I'm smelling, Mm -hmm. but the leaves themselves have a particular odor And I can't describe it. I just know when I'm smelling it.
0: Yeah, and uh, I grow echinacea, which is also known as coneflower. People Mm -hmm. think of coneflower as being a pretty flower to look at. There are some fragrant varieties and some of the and and I like finding those fragrant varieties and growing those. And there is a range of fragrance. Like I have a... Um, green ice um, echinacea that has a lovely fragrance and it kind of to me kind of like almost like baby powder a very <laughs> subtle fragrance um, I have one called virgin it's a white echinacea it has really nice fragrance to it um, and then I have grown other kinds where it's difficult to find a fragrance but i can if i work <laughs> but it's also the time of the day um my echinacea i find is is more fragrant in the afternoon that's but i go out there in the morning i don't smell a thing not a thing go out there later in the day and check it out again and sure enough so uh, there is a lot of variability of when something has a fragrance and um, sometimes it's good to kind of stress something out to get a fragrance to to uh, concentrate those essential oils. Uh, one of the authors was talking about when you're growing herbs, uh, if you overwater, you're you're going to dilute those essential mm-hmm. oils, mm-hmm. and uh, so you want to harvest and go out there and and smell those herbs when and before you water, you know, maybe after a, a day or two of, of lack of water. So it's it's very much a an art and a science. And, and it's fun to, you know, to experiment with it. Do you have anything you grow that you just, that stinks? You're like, oh my gosh, this stinks. But I still, I'm going to grow it. I like it anyway, but it stinks.
1: <laughs> I don't think I do, but I've smelled um, weeds at certain times of the year that smell terrible, and and uh, there's one that would be around some in the winter, though I haven't smelled it yet this year, and I just you know can't wait for it to go away because it's a it's a it's a nasty odor. But I don't think of the things that I want to grow right off. I don't think of any that. Um, That I don't like, although it may be in my future. We have a a palm tree uh, called a pindo palm. It goes by a couple of different names and it does produce a fruit. Ours haven't yet. Palm trees grow very slowly. And so ours have not fruited yet, but that fruit, when it ripens late summer and, and sits there, and a lot of times it just, you know, people don't use it for much and so they will fall on the ground. They smell like garbage. Oh, I don't know <laughs> what they do. Yeah, probably because
0: it's very likely because there is a fly that pollinates it. Uh, some of the authors were talking about uh, stinky, you know, the corpse flower, and there are, uh, there, there are many kinds of flowers that smell like rotting flesh. Because they uh, they are pollinated by flies mm. <laughs> and beetles, yeah. beetles and flies, okay. and and that that's what attracts them is that horrible stink. So, mm. yeah, um, yeah,
1: I'm not sure who pollinates these, and it's really the fruit itself that is so smelly. Although maybe the flowers are too. I can't say I've ever gotten up close and yeah. personal with any of those pindle palm flowers. I've never had the desire, but. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm wondering you know if the essential oils start in the flowers and then move to the fruit or how that is. So you'll have to tell us what it tastes like. (laughs) It's so I yeah well (laughs) owner you know fragrance or aroma is very individual too because I know we've we've talked about herbs in the past and we've had people call in and join the conversation and say, I can't stand lavender. I don't know why you like lavender. Or you know it, it it is very individual for some of us, something we think is just a wonderful fragrance. For others it's like, ugh, I can't stand that. I don't know why you like it. So do we have anybody else so who I wants think, to join I- the conversation? So at this
1: point, I don't have anybody on Zoom, but I'd like to know if there's anybody in Clubhouse, maybe? Darcy. There is not currently anyone in Clubhouse with, okay. With their hand raised. okay, Okay. And no hands in right. Zoom either. So. Well, please
0: do feel free to join the conversation. Reminisce about what you enjoy growing or don't enjoy growing. Uh, if you have any questions, we're, we'd love to hear from you.
1: So Deborah what so, what are among your your favorite herbs in terms of since herbs are relatively easy for most of us to grow and can grow in pots what are some of your favorites
0: Well probably the easiest thing I've ever grown is mint. It's it's pretty hard to kill mint. So if anyone is starting get mint <laughs> because for sure. it does well inside and outside. It it It's pretty hard to kill, Um, but it can become very invasive. So I suggest keeping it in a pot, but um, I'm really fond of the, the hyssop. I, I love growing hyssop. It, it has a fragrance to me like root beer, but most people say it's more like licorice. It's a beautiful plant. The pollinators love it. It has big, bottle brush type um, blooms on it and gets to be about three feet tall, a little bushy looking thing. Um, I, I love growing um, different sages like pineapple sage, tangerine sage. Uh, I've, I'm growing um, holy basil in the arrow garden right now. It's uh, called, also called Tulsi. And that makes a lovely, lovely tea. The dry tea is good, but there's nothing like the fresh tea. Mm, I bet. So yeah, it's, it's, it's good. So those, those are pretty easy. Um, rosemary can be easy. You just have to be careful not to overwater it. Um, but it, it, it can make a really nice, house plant and then you take it outside and plant it outside when the weather is good uh, and and it has different forms there are different kinds of rosemary i like the arp arp rosemary it's kind of a woody stem and i had one get to be about four foot tall and wide uh, before the winter knocked it down and mm-hmm. um, so But it it does make a really nice house plant, too. Sometimes um, different places turn a rosemary into a holiday tree. Yes. So you might be able to find some on sale right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, If they have have any any left over. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you can keep that in the house and grow it until you can set it outside.
1: So those are some fun ones. I would say though, be aware for those um, growing plants inside, especially if you're, you're new to doing it, that plants that are too close to kind of blasting heat uh, that will be um, receive a lot of, of heat in the, the uh, air circulating in your home, they can um, suffer from that because that's not their normal um, conditions um, ideally, they actually would like to be a, a, a bit cooler—not cold, but uh, a bit cooler—and away from a, a heating source. And of course, it's so That's easy. Really good, yeah, it's so easy to overwater. I mean, at the same time, I say you know mm-hmm. the heat dries your plant out, but don't overwater.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, we do yeah. Watch that drainage. <laughs> All right, who do we have joining us?
2: Carol. Hi, Carol. I'm again, and I love rosemary and and I had great luck with it during our short season outside, brought it Mm -hmm. in. And I've never, I had another one just this year on my, on my kitchen um, windowsill. And I don't, I can't seem to grow them and I love them, but, and I can grow almost anything else. It's really odd. I don't know what, piece of the rosemary just doesn't seem to seem to work it, and it, but you mentioned the but mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: it could be the watering situation because they're if they get over watered they're not happy
2: they are not mm-hmm. yeah yeah that could be
0: yeah. yeah yeah but don't give up don't give up <laughs> keep keep yeah <laughs> you know that's what we do as gardeners we We keep Mm -hmm. doing it and doing it. (laughs) It Keep
2: replacing
0: Yeah. yeah, If it's a fragrance you enjoy, you can enjoy it for a while until it passes Mm -hmm. and then get another one. You know, Mm -hmm. that's part of gardening Mm -hmm. too sometimes.
2: Right. Right. I'll have to get some more herbs also because I have a perfect place for them in my, on my kitchen windowsill. And of course Uh then it's right there and I just miss them and they just, Seem to thrive there, but I do need to add some some um, other other herbs to my little window garden here.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Winter herbs are wonderful. We appreciate them more in the winter, I think.
0: Oh, absolutely. On those long, cold days (laughs) uh, when the blast came through, uh, it it just feels so good to go to a pot of herbs and and be able to smell a little bit of summer. Yeah. I uh, I also
2: will just say, I loved your, your smelling information. Then, then I, cause I just go and stick my nose in it, in anything. And uh, so yeah, now I have to sit. I'm I have to become a little bit more sophisticated about my, my, well, yeah. my the way I smell. Yeah. <laughs> things.
0: I, I am too. I got, that was not for me. It was for the readings, but yeah. And, and just think about how you feel when you're doing mm. it. You know, what memories does it bring up? Um, it, it, it's fascinating. And, you know, the other interesting thing about uh, the fragrances coming from the plants, they're not only communicating with us and pollinators, but they communicate with each other. Uh, there is mm. research that shows that if a plant is getting attacked by an insect, uh, the, the plant will send out um, the, uh, the volatile organic chemicals and that, that's a uh, signal to other plants around it saying, hey, trouble, trouble, trouble. The other plants will actually increase their essential oil production to protect themselves. So they, these essential oils that we're smelling, they're not just for attracting pollinators. They are also used to protect plants. And um, they, they can communicate with each other through the oils, the, the organic compounds, and um, and it can trigger um, the production of more uh, to protect themselves. So I thought that was fascinating, too. Um, but there's a lot we don't know about plants still, and um, I'm sure we'll learn more. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I love the idea of that because I want to sit with a timer and see, okay, how long did it take that plant to tell that one that there's danger? You know, I'm going to sit yeah. and watch and just, <laughs> just see what How long did it take to, to uh, alert them?
0: Yeah. Well, we do we do have to be careful with essential oils, too, because uh, they they can be toxic. You know, they're they're often produced to dissuade pests from attacking a plant. And uh, we need to be especially careful with our cats, our dogs, our pets. They can be really toxic to them and to us if we take too many, too many at a time. A certain amount can be really medicinal, but it's something to be careful of too. Well,
1: when you think of, um, if we use a a bottle, say, of eucalyptus or rosemary or lavender or something else, it's incredibly concentrated in in a way that it would simply not be in a single plant. And and so while that... (laughs) You know, you might just—that's why often you might just be using a small amount in a in another oil to uh, a carrier oil to transport the the scent because it just is too concentrated to use on its own, mm-hmm. and, and certainly some of them um, would uh, could could potentially be toxic. So, yeah, thank you, Carol.
0: Thank you. And and let us know how rosemary goes for you. Give it another go. So um, something that I was inspired by a little bit is I I love roses. I love roses. I haven't enjoyed growing roses because I don't like pruning them. You know how you you prune them and they get Those little prickles get stuck in your
3: skin, and
0: it's almost impossible (laughs) to get them out. Um, But uh, I was reading about the David Austin roses, which have been grown for repeat bloomers and for fragrance. And uh, there are some thornless varieties of David Austin roses. And I'm just curious if anyone out there has tried any of these thornless varieties of David Austin or any other kind of rose, let us, you know, give us a call. Let us know how, what you think of it. I, I'm i very excited about the idea of growing a thornless rose. I'm going to track one down and grow one at least this year. Have you grown any thornless roses, Marge?
1: No, no, I, um, as a, as a, think uh, I've mentioned a dime or two, I only grow things to eat. But, um, you know, you might, Deborah, look online and just see um, with the various gardening forums, um, mm-hmm. who has grown the, the thornless varieties, especially if you, you know, read from experienced rose growers. Um, those can really be people who are incredibly knowledgeable and you know what they have to say about um, does this work? Is this a good variety? Will it hold up? Um, does it do what it's supposed to do? Uh, it can be so helpful before you invest in um, in a variety and then potentially get disappointed. You know, um, there's just there's just such value. I think it's online is where I started learning about citrus and where I started meeting people who became my citrus friends. And uh, I, I tell you, I um, still rely on some of that very early information that I learned because I was really ignorant and, uh, and needed uh, some, some very good uh, long-term advice. So um, the internet is, is a wonder uh, for us these days. Um, for, yeah
0: that's that's a good idea you know, to, to actually out there yeah yeah to not reinvent the will but yeah and i'm i'm actually um going to start my master gardener classes in person this month and that i'm sure we have some rose people there i'll definitely oh, Ask around. Yeah, I might be able to get a cutting and start one (laughs) for free. There you go. Roses are really easy to start, by the way, if uh, any of you have ever thought about it. They're quite easy to start. So um, any anybody on Clubhouse, anybody with a hand raised out there? I don't want to talk over anyone.
2: There's currently nobody with their hand raised in Clubhouse.
1: Okay. We Rich. do have two hands that just came up. Um, okay. A area code 828772. You need to unmute. All right. Hello. Hi. Go ahead.
0: Hi. Hi. I have grown roses for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. I I've gotten them all different kinds of places. None of mine have been thornless. Some of them have a lot more thorns. Like I've grown Rosa rugosa. Um, that's like running into a prickly bush. Oh yeah, um, those are those are. You're very brave to grow those. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you should try digging one out of the garden. I had a brilliant idea of putting one in the middle of my garden. And uh, no. they spread oh, no. like
1: wildfire.
0: They really spread yeah. badly. Um, and I've got another one, but I'm I'm kind of letting it be. I've grown most of the roses that I've had success with have actually been vining roses. I mm. tried growing some that were not that were bush. And I think maybe it was the place they were in. Later, I found out maybe they weren't getting quite enough sun where they were. Because roses truly, honestly need at least six hours of sun. Anything Mm -hmm. less than that, they do not do very well. I've got two vining roses that don't get that much sun. And they kind of sort of lump along. One of them keeps trying to grow up and over the house, so I think it's trying to get some that way. Hmm. Um I've got and one that just has taken off.
3: Do you it have a favorite
0: request. variety? Um not really I don't know about variety. Hmm. I got one called the brand the name of it was New Dawn and it's kind of a it's white and I, pale pink. I am familiar with that one. That's a climbing rose, and it, yes. it's exquisite. And, and it quite It is quite absolutely well. exquisite, yeah. What we found, what my husband and I both found, and I in particular, he uses leather gloves, but I found, um, we live near Asheville, North Carolina, and mm-hmm. I went to the Biltmore Estate. That's actually where I found the New Dawn Rose. And I found some, I was kind of, because I was having problems with bush roses, I was going to give up. I had a rose that was here when we moved in and a fairy rose and, you know, I just, I was ready to just give up because the bush roses were dying. And I talked to them there and they, and the other thing is the thorns and they showed me a pair of gloves that are kind of rubbery and texture and unless mm-hmm. you straight on hit a thorn straight on you it doesn't go through the gloves mm. can you and feel even through the gloves, on, the gloves? Can, even if you straight on hit it it's just a little prick ah like a little rose clip can you feel can i really have to feel the buds and everything to be able to prune properly are you able to feel through the gloves well, most because I'm doing vining roses, I'm cutting mm-hmm. off large, long branches. Okay. Um, to actually prune the actual flowers and cut those back, I don't wear gloves at all. I just very okay. gently feel, and and I'm very slow and gentle with it. Mhm. Yeah. We also have so, multiple you- flower roses. If you want some of them, we'll be glad to give them to you. <laughs> they're a non-native invasive species mm -hmm. I was joking with you (laughs) (laughs) well I they they those um some roses can be really invasive and you just leave one little tiny root and you get a whole bush again before you know it yes yes and that's the way these are and they have thorns more wicked than the regular roses that we think of yeah. Wow. I took horticulture well, you- years ago, and one of the things that they showed me was that if you take, like, if you cut roses, and you make a bouquet of roses, and you start, and you take a glove, and you hold the rose, like, you can use your bare hand to hold on, right underneath the rose, and mm-hmm. you take a gloved hand and run straight down, you'll knock the thorns off. Mm -hmm. You don't get them in your hand. It just rubs them right off. Yeah. And that's what they do with florist shops. That's how they remove Mm -hmm. thorns. Okay. And we're at the 10-minute mark with two hands. All right. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. We'll we'll go ahead and take another. Thank you for your inspiration. (laughs) Thank you. Good luck with your roots. (laughs) Thank you. So who do we have next? Okay, next we have Debbie Green. Go ahead, Debbie. Hi there.
3: Um, I'm pretty pretty Hi new. At this. Hi. This
0: this is my first time on here and this is fascinating. Talk to, talk about lavender um as a plant. Oh. It, it's something you grow indoors. I've never done that, but I'm, yes. I love lavender. Yes, you can yeah, you can grow lavender inside. I have. It makes a beautiful house plant. Um, okay. It there are lots of different kinds of lavender. Okay. There are many there are um you know taller, shorter, French, English um my favorite is the English lavender. It's okay. um, the angustifolia. It's the larger and uh, even uh, just in the English lavender there are all different kinds. There's one called super that gets about three feet tall, at least where I live. Wow. I, I had a whole hedge of it at one time and it had very large blossoms, very okay. large. Um, okay. And then I've grown the Munstead which has the smaller blossoms. So uh, yeah, you absolutely can grow that inside or outside. Um, it's if you, have,
1: if you have a, a local uh, garden center, that you can Mm -hmm. go to or people to ask. Um, Mm -hmm. They will often have more than one variety of lavender. And if you let them know you wanna grow it inside, they might direct you to one that would be good for that. I happen to like the Provencal, uh, the French uh, lavenders, and and it doesn't get um, overly big. Mine is in a pot and uh, they're very, very aromatic. And um, and, and again, there's this issue of you know when you when you have your plant in the house, make sure it's in a pot that drains well. Lavender tends to be somewhat more of a Mediterranean plant, which means it does like to be a bit drier. It doesn't want to get all dried out, but uh, okay. it can easily be overwatered, and then it will sort of start to to get stunted, and uh, and and you could lose it. Uh, but yeah, yeah.
0: The other thing about lavender is it it doesn't last indefinitely. It, after about three years, um, it it usually it depends on the kind, but sure. you usually kind of say goodbye to it. So okay. don't expect yeah. it to last for ten yeah. years. Yeah, it but yeah, a few a years. And it sounds it sounds like we have one more call to take, and then um, we'll wrap up. If that's okay, thank you for calling. Come back and join us again. I'll do this. First right. my,
1: first first Saturday of every month? Second. Second, second Saturday. Saturday. Second. Yes. Yep. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Next All right. we have so, Pooja Selanki. I don't know if I'm pronouncing
3: that hi. right. Thank you. Hi. Thank you for I, calling. Uh, is uh, it's interesting what you were saying about <clears throat> Rose. We have the... Uh, we have like three varieties. We have um, I'm in the I'm in London by the way, um. So we have oh. like, yeah. So we have like these, like the traditional, you know, the red rose, the fragrant ones. Mm-hmm. We have those, and then which I really like, and then we have one that is like the roses grow in clusters. I think it's pink from memory. I can't see any color, but it, they grow in clusters, and that. <laughs> has not very many thorns and if it has it's like tiny ones um but the fragrant one the red rose I find what I do is I pick the thorns off the stems so that makes it Mm -hmm. easier when you're pruning and also if I find my way around the plant I just grab the like base of the thorn and pull it sideways and it just comes off. Mm Mm-hmm. I do do that all the time.
0: they they are lovely, aren't
3: they? They're lovely. They're, it, mm. Yeah. And
0: then and you for, have the humidity there for that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But for indoors also we have um we have this plant called a Cuban oregano. And mm. the leaves you can use that for cooking as well. It's very aromatic. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. Um I mean we, we moved house, but the because we haven't sold the old house, the plant is still there and it seems to be getting by with us, not watering it very much. You just just put the tray of water underneath the pot, and it's
1: yeah. Oreganos it's, can can get by. Yeah, it's specifically a
3: a Cuban oregano, but generally, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what you were saying. Hive. Yeah, I like what you were saying about the citrus. Uh,
1: and, oh, people oh, in England is, definitely. Yeah. People in England grow citrus trees. Citrus trees are growing mm-hmm. everywhere.
0: Yeah, there's
1: people grow them all. over the Yep,
0: long. she inspired me to start growing them in Idaho, <laughs> which is quite <laughs> cold. Well, thank you for calling us from thank you. London. Thank you. And thank you for having this. Thank call. you. Oh, thank you. And and next month, everybody, please um, join the conversation. Next month, we're going to have George and Sylvia, who are amazing container gardeners. And other, you know, in ground too. Uh, many, many decades of experience growing um, succulents and orchids and houseplants. Uh, they are going to talk to us about growing indoor plants. We're going to focus on indoor plants, not specifically fragrant plants, but uh, they will have some really good tips for us. So please do join us next month and uh, we'll have a good time talking with them. Marge, you wanna take us out?
1: Yes, and I, I believe that that date would be uh, February 11th for our next call. Uh, so do mark that on your calendars and and be sure, yes, it's the 11th, I'm looking at a calendar here. Uh, mark that on your calendars and, and be sure to join us then. and. Uh, and tell others um, about this call since there's several ways to uh, listen or participate if you'd like. Um, Certainly like to uh, hear from folks who are interested in indoor uh, growing, maybe are are just thinking about it and would like to get a start because certainly in February, most of us will still be thinking about uh, doing things indoors, uh, not moving too much outside Uh, as of yet on february
0: 11th and marge if i can just sneak in i want to thank trish our host oh yes and darcy our streamer and clubhouse moderator thank you and again thank you to everybody who called and listened today thank you